Does anybody want to be the fifth starter for the Cincinnati Reds in 2023? We'll talk about the battle for the fifth spot in the rotation on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into this team, into information for you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day, and I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter or check us out on YouTube and drop a thought in our comments section. Talking Reds is what we do. And we want to talk Reds with you. And what we are talking about today, we've got a couple of different things we're going to be looking at because Nick Senzel's injury, he's going to start the year on the injured list. That opens up some opportunities for a couple of guys, one of whom may surprise you. We're also going to look at a missed opportunity that the Reds front office had years ago, eons ago, so long ago. But it's very interesting because it was a legend of the game. But Steve, first, we are going to begin by looking at this rotation situation. And before we jump into that, today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Baseball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an MLE GM and managing your own baseball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps. That's L O C K E D O N in all caps. All right, Steve, um, the rotation, uh, <laughs> this is, this is Ooh. looking a little bit rough because I have said that Brandon Williamson will break camp with the team. Even after yesterday's performance, he is continuing to struggle through spring training. And while I still think he should break camp with this team. He's not making that look easy. No, he really didn't look good at all. I'm not sure what exactly it is that's going on with him, but he's not really fooling anyone. In 2.1 innings pitched yesterday uh, for his start out in Goodyear, he allowed three runs on four hits, walked two. Uh, he did manage to strike out four in two and a third inning, but his ERA sitting up around nine for those that still like to use ERA – uh, he's not done well. Uh, the problem, Jeff, is that they've already sent Levi Stout, as we talked about yesterday. He's over at minor league camp already. For whatever inexplicable reason they have come up with, Chase Anderson is still <laughs> on the big league roster, eating up innings and making some starts. And I swear, if they open the season with Chase Anderson in this rotation, I'm going to lose my mind. Let's let's not do that. Let's let's not do that because when he was added to this team, I said, "Okay, depth, World Baseball Classic." They're losing some guys. Well, they already got one back, Tehran Guerrero. He's back in the fold. He pitched yesterday, gave up another run. But yeah, if Chase Anderson breaks camp with this team, I I don't see him on any of the of like C Trent or Mark Sheldon or anybody's roster predictions still, which is a good thing. 
But the fact that he's still there and Levi Stout's already been sent down to minor league camp just has me scratching my head a little bit. When it comes to Brandon Williamson, the ERA doesn't concern me. The earned runs, the hits allowed doesn't concern me when it comes to spring training. What I am concerned about is he continues to have outings with multiple walks. This was something he struggled with last season in AAA was the walk rate. And the strikeout rate is doing pretty well. He's done a good job of inducing swings and misses. But if he's also going to pair that with walking plenty of guys, then yes, when you do give up a couple of hits, you're going to get burned. And the fact that he just hasn't seemed to luck out of any of those outings with multiple walks just goes to show you the you know the uphill climb that he still has i still believe he should break camp with this team i still believe that that follows along with the mantra that we have for this season do we want the reds to hit that wonderful 80 win plateau and have us all pay out on those huge uh, you know the long shot bets that we put down yeah that'd be great but that's not the mantra it's figuring out the young core of this team. Who's going to be here? If you can figure out if Brandon Williamson is ready to go this year by giving him an extended look, you should do it. There is no realm of reality where a Chase Anderson, a Connor Overton, or a, dare I even say, Luis Sessa should be in this rotation for the multi, the 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 majority of the year over Brandon Williamson. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll start here. If it's Chase Anderson that they're going to put in the fifth spot to begin the season, then they might as well just keep Williamson on the roster, take him, let him, let him learn on the fly. That's what I would do. Uh, If we're going to talk about Luis Sessa though, that's a different conversation because he has shown that he does have some ability to be a back end of the rotation kind of guy. If they're going to open with him as the fifth starter, uh, and then maybe make a transition later when either Williamson figures it out or Levi Stout is ready. I'm okay with that. I can live with Luis Sessa being the fifth guy in the rotation to start things, but definitely not Chase Anderson. Uh, if we're looking at a number four of Luke Weaver, which I think we are, uh, that fifth spot, it could go either way. Williamson, Sessa cannot be Chase Anderson. And as far as Connor Overton goes, I think he's going to be the long man. I don't think that he's shown us enough to, to fight his way back into the rotation. That being said, uh, if they give him a couple starts between now and the end of spring and he does show us something, he could insert himself into this conversation. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I agree with you a little bit there and that if it's not going to be Brandon Williamson, I guess it might as well be Luis Sessa. We, we talked about yesterday. I really think the best value he's got on this team is in the bullpen as the super relief pitcher. But I guess that is, you know, if, if you're going to give Williamson a minute to figure out his command and maybe cut down on the walks and maybe you'd rather him do that at AAA where it's a little bit, you know, not as harmful to a psyche. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, though, because baseball is still baseball. I, I, I look at this and I say, if Williamson's going to figure anything out, let him figure it out here. Because triple A, if you figure it out and then you come up and you still get, you know, you still have some bad performances anyway, then what is that going to teach him? It feels like he's gone through his period of struggle. That's something that Cowboy talked about a lot on broadcast over the last few years is that the Reds want to see these guys struggle before they make it to the major leagues. He's done that. He's come through the struggle. I think it's time to figure out if he can do this at the major league level, I don't know that he gains anything from being at the AAA level for 
an extended amount of time this year. Well, let me put something else on your radar. If they do, in fact, go with Luis Sessa as the fifth starter, that is going to create an opening in the bullpen. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but in C. Trent Rosecrans' opening day roster projection, he has Sessa in the rotation, and he has at the last man in the bullpen, your favorite dude, Hunter Strickland. Hey, I, I, I saw it. that. I didn't write I, it. That's C. Trent Rosecrans. I yeah, I I saw it. And 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 here's the thing: this is not Trent does not write from. Well, this is what I think is the best course of action for the Reds. Trent writes from what he's hearing, what he knows, and the the points. You know, the insight that he is given. That is why he is such a value to follow because he knows the inner workings of the Reds. And that's really got me feeling some kind of way because if you're coming at me with insight and, and, and knowing what people are saying behind closed doors and you're telling me that Hunter Strickland is a name you're hearing, God save the queen. Like, I just, what are we doing that, that there's no, like, again, that flies directly in the face of the idea of figuring out who's going to be on this roster. Cause I could have told you last year in may that Hunter Strickland wasn't going to be on the next great reds team. <laughs> Here we are. And if, and if he makes the roster, Jeff, David bell is going to put him in baseball games. Yeah. You make no mistake. David bell has clearly demonstrated oh. that whoever Nick crawl provides him as relief pitchers in that bullpen, they are going to play. They're going to pitch and they're going to get a decent amount of innings. His minor league deal just better not have incentives for finished games. I, I, that's, that's no, I, I don't, I don't want, don't want really, really, really don't want. And I want Brandon Williamson on this opening day rotation. It's just, you know, the performances in spring training are not really leading that to be the case, but you know what, Steve, Let's look back for a second. We, we, we talked a lot about, about string training and what's going to happen this year. Let's look back because the Cincinnati Reds could have had one of the greatest baseball players ever twice. Coming up next, we'll look back on how the Reds front office whiffed a long, long time ago. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that is the ultimate GM. The ultimate GM is the ultimate app for you. When you're talking about uh, wanting to run a baseball team, it's a great game that you can play on your mobile device, whether or not you have an internet connection. And I'm really excited about them. They're, they're a new partner here with locked on the ultimate baseball GM app is the game that puts major league front offices in your pocket and on the go. And it's free to download on the app store or Google play. Take a franchise from the bottom to the top of the league as you can play the ultimate GM from anywhere, literally anytime. You control everything from player trades to contract signings to ticket prices and team facilities. Check out one of the most realistic baseball simulations right on your mobile device. And it's great too, because whenever you start a brand new franchise on the ultimate GM app, they actually give you like a little narrative as to why their team is in that scenario. I started a franchise and they said that the former GM before me was embezzling player contract money. 
yeah, we get real deep on this stuff. So check out the Ultimate GM Baseball app on the App Store or Google Play Store today. And Locked On Reds listeners get a 100% free bonus to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in all caps in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Check out ProBaseballGM.com. Scan the code in the corner right down here or go to uh, the App Store or the Google Play Store today. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Coming up tomorrow, what could the opening day lineup look like? Steve and I will get into it. Actually, sorry, not Steve, just me. We're going to talk about the opening day lineup Steve's going to be away, then he'll be back uh, the next episode. But anyway, Steve, let's go back in time and let's talk about Babe Ruth. There was an amazing story in the Inquirer this past weekend, and it it had a lot of great past uh, information, whether you're talking about past writers of the Inquirer. There was uh, a guy at the Hall of Fame that was writing an article about the Reds and Yankees relationship back in the day, John Arardi that we're going to get to that story in just a moment. But this first story was kind of interesting because the Reds could have had Babe Ruth twice, including right before he debuted in the majors, which we'll get to that in just a moment. But the, the most recent, okay, most recently say that 1936, but in 1936, Babe Ruth was down in Florida for the grapefruit league. He was watching the Reds play the Philadelphia A's. Yes, this is how, you know, recent we are. And he was vacationing and all this other stuff. He met with the Reds general manager at the time, Larry McPhail, and kept dropping hints that he'd like to play baseball again. So what does Larry McPhail do for one of the best players, and especially at that time, the best baseball player that ever played the game? He says, whatever you want, you can have it. Come to Cincinnati. How'd that fare for him, though? Well, as you know, Babe Ruth never played for the Reds. And (laughs) probably in this story, the the next story you're going to tell is the one I love. But in this story, I think that uh, Mrs. Ruth provided some common sense to this situation where basically she talked Babe Ruth out of playing baseball uh, for the Cincinnati Reds in 1936. In fact, uh, the Babe said that his wife convinced him that with all of the weight that he is carrying around, it would be just asking too much of his legs to haul that around and play baseball. And uh, if you've seen Babe later in life, that's probably correct. He wasn't exactly in uh, prime playing shape in 1936. You know, the, the old rumor was that he hit homers on hot dogs and beer. So to imagine what that must have been like after his playing career, I bet that was pretty interesting to see yeah now this is probably about what hannah would tell me if i tried to play professional baseball i'm carrying around too much weight it's just not gonna work among other things uh not really working out for me trying to be a major league baseball player but it's 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 funny to look back on this because like babe ruth and this was something that led me to you know surmise could joey Votto? and we talked about this on the live show on friday of last week could Joey Votto just hang it up and and not say, I'm not going to do the whole thing where we travel around all year because in 1935, Babe Ruth called it a career 28 games into the season. And if you look back on that year on baseball reference or something like that, 
he was batting like a buck 80. He had eight homers and he was just like, I'm not, I'm not helping anybody here. Like I'm, I'm kind of done. And, and, and that's kind of what led like, okay, so he goes through that year. He's retired. Now he's living down in Florida. It's spring training again. Everybody's coming South. And he's like, man, I think I was probably uh, a little early on my, ret- I should come back. And his wife's like, no, you should keep yeah. golfing. <laughs> But, you know, as, as close as they were then to getting Babe Ruth, uh, there's another story about the Reds getting Babe Ruth. And this is one of two stories uh, about Hall of Fame players that just always makes me kind of wonder what would a difference would it have made if things had gone differently. And this is one of those. I'm going to have you tell this story, Jeff, because the Reds could have had Babe Ruth for his entire career. Yeah, because we're talking about this is this is back when, you know, the reserve clause was in effect, like a player was on that team unless that team released him or traded him. There was no situation where, oh, he got the free agency, his, you know, his arbitration years were up or something like that. Like he could have been a red for life. And the Reds totally whiffed on this because he was in the minor leagues playing for Baltimore because back then Baltimore was a minor league team. And um, this was a story that actually came uh, from former sports writer Lee Allen. He's a historian at the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, And he he talked about this story because back in 1914, the Reds had the opportunity to choose two players from the Baltimore roster. So not only once, but twice they could have picked him, and they didn't. Why? Because to scout the talent, the Reds ownership at the time dispatched a hack. Does this sound familiar? Like not picking the right guy, like sending the wrong guy to do something and build the team. Yeah. The Reds sent Harry Stevens, who was either a family friend or business associate. It wasn't necessarily clear as how to the relationship, but he wasn't employed by the Reds. He wasn't a scout and they sent him to Baltimore and Harry Stevens chose two players. He chose Shortstop Claude Derrick, sounds familiar, um, <clears throat> and outfielder George Twombly over Babe Ruth. Uh, yeah, they didn't quite you know, love him. <laughs> no, and you know, Jeff, one of the reasons we're talking about this is because when you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. And I feel like this is a story that has repeated throughout Red's history. And, and we've seen things like this happen time and time again, most specifically with being chintzy on the scouting. Yep. And that is the theme that even to this day, some would say continues. Uh, so for me, you know, this is a, a just one of the biggest what might have been moments in Cincinnati Reds history. If, if somebody that knew what they were talking about had just simply said, we want that guy named George Herman Ruth. That's who we want. It would have been a franchise changing selection you know and as i said when we started this jeff this is one of two examples of how i wonder the difference it would have made if people had got it right the other one is of course trading frank robinson for milk pappas uh to baltimore again with baltimore but <laughs> something about baltimore something about baltimore but so those are the two examples in reds history that i always wonder how things would have played out differently if the reds had gotten it right And it links to present day for this reason, because I feel like the Reds have understood 
that for so long they'd been getting it wrong that they reestablished their organization over the last couple of years. And, and they've kind of, they've set themselves up to at least hopefully get it right this time. They've got guys in the right spot. We talked about that this off season with moving some coaches around, moving some, you know, pitching coordinators, hitting coordinators, things like that, getting those things right when it comes to player development. And hopefully we see the fruits of that labor here in the next couple of years, but this is going back. This is one of the many, like you said, many examples in Red's history Coulda, woulda, shoulda, because the babe could have been a red all along. But you know, Steve, let's let's come back to present day. Let's look at the fact that Nick Senzel will miss the beginning of the season. Does that sound familiar? My goodness, I think there's an echo in here. Anyway, that opens up an opportunity for a couple of players. And we're going to tell you why one of them may surprise you coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of our other sponsors today, and that is FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked On, and we're less than a month. We're less than, we're like two weeks, right? So a little over two weeks away from opening day, and you need to check out FanDuel right now. Download FanDuel as it's your best companion for baseball season, and new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win and you can make your first bet a future. As you look at the reds, we talked about this before there is a long shot bet and there's a reason it's a long shot. It's not supposed to happen. We're not expecting it, but everything goes right. It could happen, you know, 99th percentile thing for the reds, but Hey, if the reds win 80 or more games and that bet hits, it's plus 1100 or 11 to one. Those are really, really good odds. If you throw a couple of bucks on them and that actually happens. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 and bonus bets back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with fanduel. They're the official sports book of locked on. And now that sports betting is legalized in the state of Ohio, locked on has the perfect podcast for you to put a couple of bucks in your pocket bucks in your pocket that's locked on bets it's just like locked on reds it's free and available on all platforms as lee sterling who works for paramount sports and is a great handicapper gives you the best bets for the day locked on bets is free and available every monday through friday you can also follow the podcast on all platforms including right here on youtube also make sure that you're following us on twitter you can follow me at jeff Carr with three f's you can follow steve at s offenbaker with two f's and you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. There's no Fs in that. Steve, the big news story coming out of camp um, that doesn't involve the rotation is Nick Senzel. He's going to be out. It, in fact, it's just an echo. It's an echo of an old story. I mean, look, I still feel really bad for Nick Senzel. And I'm interested to hear what you do with the lineups tomorrow. As you mentioned earlier on, uh, Jeff is going to bring you the first taste of what the opening day lineup could look like. He's going to be doing that solo because as you can see, guys, I am dressed for baseball at UH. I am heading to Les Murakami Stadium right after this to watch some UH college baseball. So I'm going to be out tomorrow. But I can't wait to hear what you do with this lineup, Jeff, because Nick Senzel now officially being relegated to the injured list 
again to start the season is going to create a narrow window of opportunity for somebody else to maybe get some playing time and get established while Senzel's out. And then the Reds could have a really big problem on their hands, but a nice problem when Senzel's finally ready to go. So my question to you is, who do you think will benefit the most from Nick Senzel starting the season on the injured list? My first thought is Will Benson, because I think that that opens the chance for him to play just about every day. We've talked about this before. The platoon splits that Will Benson has as a left-handed hitter really only affect his slugging percentage. He still had great plate discipline. He still did very good at getting on base against left-handed pitching, and he is very, very disruptive on the base paths to any pitcher right-handed or left-handed because he's so fast and so athletic. So he's a dude that I really think he could almost take a hold of the center field position if you say, yeah, Will Benson could play every day because I think he's going to get a shot to, at the very least, play against any right-handed pitcher on the opposing team. Well, even if Will Benson finds a way to be in the lineup and hit well against left-handed pitching, the Reds are still going to need another right-handed outfielder because don't forget, this team still has Jake Fraley. It still has TJ Friedel. And both of those guys don't need to be playing when there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound. There needs to be another right-handed bat that you can put in the outfield. If my name was Matt McClain right now, I would be hanging out outside of David Bell's office. And when David Bell walks through the door, I'd be like, you know, coach, I can play a little center field, kind of did it at UCLA. Uh, you know, I'd be happy to, you know, head north with the big club, play a little outfield. Matt McClain could be the biggest uh, per, biggest player to benefit from Nick Senzel being out. Now would be the time if, if Matt McClain wants to start the season on the big league roster, he should start lobbying to play in the outfield and he should start playing in the outfield today. He needs to get out there and knock off the rest. It's been a while since he's been an outfielder, but he has been an outfielder. It wouldn't be teaching somebody on the fly. It wouldn't be a scramble. It wouldn't be a Jose Barrero experiment. It would be a bona fide, experienced outfielder that you're moving out there, and it, it helps move you along in the youth movement. It's a no-brainer for me. I've been saying all along that I felt like to free up a spot on the infield, Someone was going to have to become an outfielder, and why not be the guy that's already an outfielder? Now's the time. We have said multiple times on this show that we want the kids to play. We want the young prospects to be called up who look like they're ready, and Matt McClain looks like he's ready. Make no mistake about it. My, my only counterpoint to this is it feels like the Reds are probably going to replace Nick Senzel with Chad Pender. That's not getting anybody excited. That's not going to be a guy who's going to be here for the future. That's a placeholder. I would love to see Matt McClain break camp with the team because he has shown this spring training that he can hit major league pitching. And you're right. He has that experience in center field, much more so than we were trying to suggest that Spencer Steer has outfield experience or something like that. He is, you know, very flexible when it comes to the outfield. So he could also play infield as well. You're talking about a super utility guy, which really kind of sounds like the role that Nick Senzel is going to have whenever he's healthy again. And these reports stem from the fact that he was slated to begin playing in Cactus League games this week, and then that got pushed back. And they immediately said when that was pushed back, 
and he wasn't going to play it all this week, that meant that there was no chance he was going to make the opening day roster. So he could only be out for a week or two, but when we've seen this in the past, for every week or two that he is slated to be out, he's usually out for another couple of weeks after that. So just knowing from past experience, there's going to be opportunity here whether you're talking about will benson playing every day or whether you're about you're talking about the possibility of matt mcclain getting that shot to break camp with the team you know for me jeff i feel like we keep talking about when nick senzel is healthy and back what if nick senzel's not healthy and not back i mean there must be some there must be more going on with this foot than has been publicized and you know we're not the medical doctors i have not examined nixon those foot. you have not examined nixon those foot. we really don't know what's going on with that foot other than he can't play on it and what we do wouldn't be the first time right every other player on this team has been participating in baseball activities for about a month to get ready to start the season so if nixon zell hasn't even started baseball activity when we break camp it's going to be at least may before we see Nick Senzel, this is why I'm saying now is the time for Matt McClain. If Matt McClain really wants to be a member of this team right now and avoid a, a bus trip to Louisville, then I say go to David Bell and say, hey, I'll play outfield right now and, and let's see what happens. And I think that's a good spot to end today's podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, I'm going to tell you what I think the opening day lineup could look like. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. They're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Steve? We're moving closer to opening day. The pitching's starting to look a little cloudy. Nick Senzel's not going to be with the team when we break opening day. So what's that mean for you and me? That means you and I are going to be locked in on all of the rumors and all of the news coming out of Goodyear because, Jeff, things are getting real. We're going to be watching for transactions. We're going to be watching the waiver wires. We're going to gather up all that information and bring it back right here to keep everybody locked on Reds every single day. I bet I could play center field.